Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. One of my favorite things to do in the Christmas season, that liturgical season, as we mark those 12 days of Christmas, is to start incorporating the 12 days of Christmas song. I've broken it down before here on Trending, and I always put it up on my social media. It's supposedly a tradition, if you follow the story, uh, where when the historic persecution of the church was happening of Catholics in England between 1558 and 1829, uh, Catholics weren't allowed to publicly practice their faith. And so it's said that that 12 days of Christmas song about all the things that your true love gives to you was actually a hidden catechesis. Now, I know there's a lot of debate between behind kind of the historicity and whether or not this was really a tradition that occurred in England. Whether it is something that happened or not, I think it's really fascinating and you can find some source material on it from Anne Ball in her book, The Handbook of Catholic Sacramentals. Uh, I find it fascinating. And even if it is some fun thing that someone incorporated at some point into the 12th days of Christmas song, I think it's a great way to practice our catechism within our homes, whether you're an adult or you have children. Uh, The last couple of years, it's been a good memorization game. My husband and I kind of, okay, do we remember what each one is? So we start with the fact that your true love gives to you a partridge in a pear tree. So the first symbol would be the true love is Jesus Christ born on Christmas day. And that's the first day of Christmas. And the partridge on the pear tree marks the true love um, that is sent to us from Christmas being that gift and the 12 days of Christmas song uh, that we start to unpack partridge in a pear tree being Jesus Christ himself, that he is the true love and that God sent God himself for the sacrifice of all of us. And it's that reminder for us that we belong to Christ and our future uh, is with Christ. And we see that projected in the new life of Christ and seeing it, the the projection of what will happen on the cross and that we too are called to be a sacrifice. Then the true love gives to you not just a partridge and a pear tree, but two turtle doves. And the two turtle doves represent the Old and the New Testament, right? The Old Covenant and the New Covenant that Jesus Christ was foreshadowed in the Old Testament and revealed in the New Testament. Three French hens stand for the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. And these virtues are virtues, remember, that are infused at our baptism and are absolute gifts from God. They're actions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. They're something that we can pray for, but they're an absolute gift. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that these three virtues have the one triune God for their origin, motive, and object. And it says the theological virtues are the foundation of Christian moral activity. They animate it and give it its special character. This is why it's so important that we maintain being in a state of grace so that these virtues can come to life and bear fruit in our lives. The four calling birds stand for the four gospels 
of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Maybe you learned this prayer when you were a child, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that bless this bed that I lie on. Uh, we're reminded by the significance of knowing who the four gospel writers are of the importance of the written word of God. Uh, this was passed down for years via oral tradition and the many stories of the historical counts of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a reminder for us, if the catechism, if the passing on of knowing the church, knowing the Specifically, the Gospels was so significant at a time of persecution for Christians. is it a reminder for us that as we have easy access to our Bibles, that we should be memorizing stories, frequently reading sacred scripture, and passing those texts and those stories and the rich meaning down to the next generation as well. The five golden rings and the 12 days of Christmas song uh, stand for the first five books of the Bible known as the Torah. That would be the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, here we really read from our human anthropology so much about uh, human joys and faults and the covenants made between God and his chosen people in the course of salvation history. We need to read about some of the most important patriarchs uh, in salvation history, and we're reminded that covenants make family and that God made the greatest covenants with us in salvation history, and they led up to Jesus Christ himself who is the greatest gift for us, opening the gates of heaven. The six geese lane uh, stand for the six days of creation, representing the six days of creation where God was working as creator of the u- universe, developing the human person. And I always think of this as so important at this point in history, that we recognize that in the catechism that was being passed down, if you follow this tradition that during the time in Europe, in England, when Christians were being persecuted between 1558 and 1829 in England, that these are the tenets of the faith that they were wanting to really pass in, pass down, focus on, that creation in six days was significant. Why? Because there's a blueprint for the world and the human person. God made all things with a purpose, with a beginning, and with an end. And it re uh, confirms that differentiation between God as creator and us as creatures, dependent on God, the creator who has a plan for us, and that that is the best outcome and plan for our lives. The seven swans of swimming stand for, uh, this one I think is a little bit of a stretch, but, or actually the next one is, sorry, I'll get to it. But this stands for the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we kind of have two interpretations here. Uh, in the hymn, the sevenfold gifts known from the Holy Spirit is knowledge, wisdom, understanding, courage, counsel, piety, and fear of the Lord. You can find these in Isaiah uh, chapter 11. But then you also have that these have historically stood for the seven gifts mentioned in Romans chapter 12 by St. Paul, where he talks about having gifts that differ according to the graces given to us. For one prophecy, another faith, another serving and teaching, uh, those who exhort and those who contribute in liberality, those who give aid with zeal and those who do acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Then we have the eight maids of milking in the 12 days of Christmas song, standing for the eight beatitudes that we could break down and spend a whole show on. But think about it, those who are poor, who mourn, who are meek, who hunger, who are merciful, who are pure of heart, who are peacemakers, who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, uh, that we will follow in the path of Christ and that persecution, that peace, and that purity that we are called to have as well. 
The Nine Ladies Dancing. This is the one that's a little bit of a stretch. Stand for the Nine Fruits of the Holy Spirit, but correct if you are correcting me. There are actually 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, but the way it's broken down is that three of those fruit or six of those fruits are kind of combined together where uh, patience and forbearance are combined, goodness and kindness, as well as continency and chastity. And you have fidelity, modesty, mildness, peace, joy, and charity as well. And so I think that one's a bit of a stretch, but I see how it can fit again, whether you believe that this was part of what actually occurred when Catholics were being persecuted in England, or you find it a really fun tradition that came out of this song. Either way, it's a great way to practice uh, your catechesis and memorization of really important things in our faith. Uh, the 10 pipers, or sorry, 10 lords a leaping stand in the song for the 10 commandments. That's an easy one. And just a little reminder, I think it's so important that we know what these 10 commandments are and we ponder how we might struggle in a unique, a unique way with each of them in our own way. The 11 pipers piping, this is a neat one, stands for the 11 faithful apostles, Judas being the one unfaithful apostle. It's a reminder to pray for the intercession of the apostles. And the 12 drummers drumming, this one's my favorite because it's a challenge for us to actually really make sure we are paying attention to this. That is the 12 drummers drumming represent the 12 articles of faith in the Apostles' Creed. If you look at paragraph 185 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you can really break down each of those articles and ponder this Christmas on the 12th day of Christmas Am I really truly believing this? Is my family believing this? How can we work on diving into the catechesis of this in the catechism? So stay tuned. I'll be posting the 12 days of Christmas, uh, all of this as well on social media, but it's a really fun tradition to bring into your home, making sure we understand and know these catechetical elements of our faith. Wishing you very soon, hopefully a Merry Christmas, and we'll see if I'm with you tomorrow. Still waiting for the baby.